Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Melbourne podcast. I'm your host, Vikas Raheja. The Let's Talk Melbourne podcast is brought to you from the city of Melbourne, where we talk to business leaders, opinion makers, influencers, and change agents. This is a space for critical thinking, open discussions, and the big picture. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Let's Talk Melbourne podcast. I'm your host, Vikas. Today, I'm really, really excited to have someone special on our, get, on our pod today. And uh, you would, if you live in Melbourne, I'm sure you know or heard of him. It's impossible uh, that you may not have uh, been acquainted with this person. I'll request my guest to introduce himself, if that's okay. Hi, uh, my name is Sam Bashiri. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast today. It's uh, wonderful to be here and talk to you. And I'm looking forward to our chat. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this, Sam. Now, Sam, you and I first met at a Tom Brady event. And I uh, w- I was there through work and I was sitting at the table and I didn't know anyone there. And you were the only person who was gracious enough and who made me feel comfortable. And you had never met me before that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at that time, uh, I-, I naively asked you, so what do you do for work? And you kindly told me. And then when I told my colleague at work and I'm like you know I met Sam Bashir and he was like what you didn't know who he was like what is wrong with you and he's one of the most influential guys in Melbourne I'm like yes I know I'm, I'm a complete embarrassing moment but what I appreciated was that you were so kind gracious and warm to a, a stranger at an event how do you manage and the first thing that struck me that I was wanting to ask you was how do you manage to keep yourself so grounded especially in a time where delusion and vanity is everywhere um, first of all, I think you're being way too kind. Um, uh, no, I'm being serious. <laughs> no, no. I think you're being way too kind. Um, um, I um, I came from humble beginnings, um, and I was taught that you always be kind to everybody, no matter what status, how rich, how poor, how successful, how not successful, where they're from. It's not really relevant. I think it's a, what's relevant is um, we are in the same room, and... Um, Everything starts with a hello, <laughs> comes, you know. Um, and I think it's really nice to get to know people. Um, it's lovely to get to know people. It's lovely to be nice to everybody. And I treat people like how I like to be treated, you know. Um, yeah. When I'm at a table where I don't know anybody, um, it's nice when somebody says hello to me and you start a conversation. And from that conversation, you end up having certain things in interest. And from that, it all starts from there. And, um, and I think it's very important to be a good person. Um, and a gracious and a kind person. And I think that's where it all starts from. Thank you. I appreciated the kindness you extended that day. Um, now, obviously, you've, uh, you know, when I was doing my research on you and in a lot of interviews, you've sort of said about how you were a refugee and you sort of came here at, at the age of 11, if I remember. Yeah, 10, 11. 10, yeah. 11. Yeah. Um, if you had to look back at the time, what's the one thing, what, what, as a child, what was going through in your head? Were you processing what was around you at the time? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, and I think um, the main focus was just to survive and the biggest goal was to be accepted into this country and to be able to stay and I think it's sum all that up by having freedom I think coming from where I'm from it's a very beautiful country and I'm very blessed to have been born in Iran and, um, and it's got a great culture and everything but Unfortunately, one thing that was missing was true freedom, to be able to do what you want, when you want, speak what's on your mind. Um, so coming to a country like Australia and um, looking for that and instead being locked up and being behind the barbed wire fence, 
you're like, wow, it's a bit of a shock to the system. So all you're really looking for is to get across that barrier, which is the uh, fence, and um, having your freedom. And I think that was quite important, especially seeing my mother go through all the all the things that she went through to support me and my sister and to survive and to go through all that at such a young age. I think my mom was around 35 years old or so back then, roughly. And um, she was quite young and to, you know, bring two kids here and to come to a country without being able to speak the language, without knowing anybody. Truly, you know, she's my hero because um, not many people could do that. And, um, and I look up to her for that, you know. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think mothers are the strong force behind all children. Do you remember the time, say, when, you know, a milestone, um, your first milestone, say you would have bought a car or a house. Yeah. And do you remember your, when you told your mom what her reaction was? Yeah, look, my parents are always very proud of me. Um, but I um, also was a uh, black sheep of the family because I was the <laughs> one. Uh, my sister has her doctorate, PhD, and she's very well educated and good on her. And she's done very well. She's worked very hard to be where she is. Um, yeah. But I, I, I didn't go down, but down that path. So for me, I, um, for me, I um, dropped out of university. I started working, and I think, for me, the moment that was the proudest moment for me was when I um, invited my father to one of my Christmas parties, and um, and he came and looked around and he looked at um, the caliber of people we had there, and he realized what we have achieved in the last probably five or six years of starting the business, and. He, and he gave me a hug and he said he's very proud of me and I think that moment was very special for me yeah. because as children I think we really want to make our parents proud yeah. um, no matter what we do no matter what we achieve I yeah. think a lot of us carry that you call it a burden or whatever you want to call it we carry that on our shoulders that we get a lot of accolades from our friends everybody else the media whatever it may be but the most important is the one that comes from your parents and I think um a lot of parents are different. Doesn't mean they yeah. don't love you. Yeah. Some show love in a different, different way. <laughs> Absolutely, fathers especially. Yeah, yes. man. I feel they show a different way. But yeah. at the end of the day, the only—I should say the only—but the main people that care for you is your family. That's true. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Now, I also believe you met your wife at Swinburne, yeah, where I did. you were studying. Yeah, I did. What role has your wife played in your? in your success and, and, and your ability to keep going? I think my wife and kids have played the biggest role. Um, you know, people say, oh yeah, but you do yourself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, yeah, you can go and do the work yourself. Yeah. I guarantee it, you know. She didn't come there and do my work for me. <laughs> my kids didn't come <laughs> and do my work for me. I did that, I ran the business, I set it up. But without the emotional support, yes, without the emotional support, which is, you know, the most important support you can get, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, without somebody pulling your head in from time to time and telling you, hey, <laughs> calm down, relax. You know, you all need that. We all need a kick in the butt sometimes. You know, we all get excited a little bit. So without that, without the emotional support, without the love and all that, you really, um, I don't think I'll be where I am. To, actually, I know I won't be where I am today. And that continues to happen, you know. I think people think relationships and life is easy. Yep. We all have our challenges. Yep. Um, but what it comes down to is compromise and communication and just never giving up on each other. I think it's very important. People find it very easy to give up on each other these days, whether yeah. it's friendship, whether it's partnership, whether it, whatever it may be, family. Yeah. But if you really want something, you got to fight for it. Yeah. And I think if you don't fight for it, that what is the point, you know? Um, but it's not meant to be easy. Um, but yeah, without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. No, absolutely. That's, that's wonderful. Now, if I have to ask you when you've, 
when was the idea that came to you that you want to do start a company called Aussie Broadband Solutions? Uh, so Broadband Solutions, I really didn't. Um, I didn't really think about it a lot. For me, I was working. I went through the journey, and for me, I, I one day thought, you know what? I'm really good at what I do. I love sales, and there's no reason why I can't do it for myself. Um, I didn't sit down and put a business plan together. I didn't really sit down and overthink it. I think a lot of people sit down and overthink things, and yeah. um, it never happens because they sit down and plan it, and they ask for advice, and some people tell them it's not going to work, and yeah. then they put that in their mind. So for me, it was just a matter of thinking, you know, I'm really good at what I do. I have a great relationship with my clients. I understand the business quite well. I have been involved in the same industry probably for five or six years. Yeah. Um, I started from support, I went to sales, yeah. I worked in networking, so I understood all the different aspects and facets of that business. So there was all, there's no reason why I couldn't do it for myself. Um, I didn't go out and raise capital. I just, you know. I you didn't raise any capital? No, no capital, no. I had $1,000 saved, which actually I didn't have that saved. I took that from my credit card. I probably had four or $500 saved. The rest I took on my credit card. I started, I registered a domain name. I went Harvey's with the office was as big as this room, and I um and I, you know, went Harvey's with my uh, some of my friends from Swinburne, which they yep. wanted to set up a, a support business. So we went yep. Harvey's on their office, and two small desks, and that's it. And we started the business, and I never looked back. It's brilliant. Uh, a lot of people get uh, caught up in um you know getting a fancy office, a fancy this and fancy that. And what happens if you get involved in that? You're already in the black <laughs> before you even start it by a fair bit. So you're playing catch up, you know. For yeah. me, it was just about getting on with business. But it just, to answer your question, it just something that I was good at. I loved what I did, and there's no reason why I couldn't do it for myself. I just gave it a go. So, but you would always had some natural business acumen to be able to go into it, right? Or was that some of those in business instincts or the ability to understand investing and growing those investments come naturally to you or did you just learn with experience and and uh, yeah no i had no idea for yourself yeah i had no idea i never sold lemonades when i was a kid you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i said lemonades i was a kid i sold this i sold that i never sold anything in my life except when i was working for the company like i never had an entrepreneurship kind of thing yeah i never you know had my own business you know i never set up a lemonade stand for example yeah i am um, but I was very good at what I did. I was very good in sales. So the business on how to do a business, I picked that up on the on the go. On the go. You know, I, le I I remember when I started the business, I realized, oh, it's not just sales. Now I have to do invoicing. Yeah. Now I have to do accounts payable, accounts receivable. Yeah. Oh, wow, what the hell is that? I, never, I was never in accounts when I worked somewhere else. I had never had exposure to that kind of the, the part of the business. So, you know, I remember buying my job and starting to Google what I had to use my job so I can raise the invoice for my first customer. And I remember missing out, not putting an ABN on the invoice, and the guy said, hey, this is not a legal invoice because there's no ABN on it. And I said, oh, yeah, I think the accounts team had a, made a mistake. I was the accounts team. Um, so, yeah, look, I learned everything on the go. You know, I went to university for three, four years. Yep. For me, I didn't learn anything because I did a subject that I wasn't really that into. But my university has been going on for 18 years. <laughs> my, you know, I've learned in the last You're learning every year. day. Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. I learned on the go. Yeah. I put myself in the deep end. Yeah. I took a lot of risk. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I never thought about it, but when I do think about it, I did the undoable, you know? I did something that, like, not a lot of people can do exactly there was no there's no facebook there's no there's no instagram there's no nothing man we did it we did it the old way organic know? old yeah, way yeah gorilla style right? yeah <laughs> we yeah. did we yeah. did 
and I um, and it wasn't easy. And there's so many times I thought, what am I doing? I want to go back and get a job and earn a living, you know, a salary. But I never gave up, man. Like, I think one of the things about me is that if I really want something, I don't give up. If I really want it, failure is not an option. There's no plan B. You just got to get on with it, get it done. And I think if you really want something, you will get it done. You know, you just want to have to want it bad enough. And originally for me, it was about changing my life, you know, um, we were quite poor. We didn't have a lot. So what were the options? Stay like this or do something about it? And what's the worst thing that could have happened? It didn't work out. Who cares? I'll go back to where I was. It's <laughs> remarkable. You never... Like, I was just going to ask you that. Not Firstly, as you said, not everybody has the constitution to do that. You know, yeah. either you have it in you or you don't. I don't oh. think... I mean, you can cultivate it to an extent, I think, but it's something that's there, that, you know, that fire should be there. Yeah. But you were never scared. You were never worried about if, what if that if it doesn't take off and no backup plan. You were that fearless, and you just jumped into it, and you were like, "I'm going to swim," and because, not sink. Because I had nothing to lose. <laughs> it can't get worse than where it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, things are pretty shit now, so it can't get any worse than what it is now. True. So I think when you got nothing to lose, when you've gone through a lot of um, a lot of uh, pain and a lot of um, you know adversity and all that, I think. That's what pushes you. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of successful people that I won't even, you know, compare myself to because they're on a whole different level. But a lot of those people came from adversity and pain. True. Yeah. You know, they didn't come from a university degree. You know, yeah. they didn't get yeah. to Harvard and become someone. Look, I'm sure there's a lot of them that are, but yeah. a lot of the big people, they came from nothing. Yeah. And I think you really must suffer in life to appreciate what you have, but also to push you to become someone. Um, you know, you see a lot of kids that go to private schools and they're given everything and they don't really do much with it, you know. Yeah. Um, because everything's just given to them. Yeah. You know? So if everything's given to you, you know. The hunger is not as much no, as seven. Yeah. It means nothing, you yeah. know. It, there's no meaning to it because it's just yeah. given to you. You didn't work for it. It was just handed yeah. over to you, you know. You won't appreciate it as much. True. Now, when you were setting up, do you remember a meeting or... Um, any kind of project or any kind of thing where you where someone was like you know this is too risky but you somehow convince them and be like you know what how do you bring them over to to your journey and, and sort of trust in you yeah a lot of times a lot of yeah. times and i think you know, we look after just so that someone who's listening or watching can learn something yeah look we, we look at probably a lot of the top 500 fortune top 500 customers and big big clients we have a Probably ninety percent of our clients are very big clients. Um, we don't really have medium or small. Uh, so, to bring them on board and to win their trust <laughs> is a big task. Yeah. Um, you know, especially back in those days, a massive task. So, how did we do that? Um, we built a relationship. We chipped away slowly, slowly. We met. So for me, it was about meeting everybody in that organization from bottom up and having conversations and um, showcasing what we can do and um, getting them to understand why us, why broadband solutions and not Telstra. Yeah. Anybody can go to Telstra and get a service, you know. For us, it was about spending time. So we look after 90% of all the hotels in Australia. So for us, how do we get into, a lot of those hotels can get to Telstra and buy a service from Telstra tomorrow. Why did I buy from us? Because we understood their business. We went out there and researched their business. We didn't go and sell. Okay, so we didn't go and say, "Oh, here's a service. You know, I can do it for you for ten dollars less. Come to me." At that, at that, at that level, it's not about the ten dollars. At that level, it's about 
hey, I understand that this is how you run your business. I understand that this is how you could run your business with these efficiencies in place. Not only do you get savings, but you also get a better system and a better service for the end user, which is your customers. And you can do this A, B, C. And when you showcase that to them and you show that to them, they, they, they see that you actually understand their business, the core business. You're actually adding value to it. And on top of that, you're saving your costs as well. Um, and when you do that, then that's what makes you different. Um, but even by doing that, you know, you got to do more again. You got to, you got to become their friend. You got to yeah. invest time in them. Yep. Um, and then you get one, and then that one becomes your reference for the second, second one. The one. second one becomes a reference for the third one. And you got to always go above and beyond. Yeah. And you know, you got to over deliver. Yeah. You know, people promise the world, and yeah. then um, you really get one chance when it True. comes to business, especially at that level. Yeah. Um, if you make a mistake. And you don't get it right because of you know you slipped up something you did the right thing that's it where it gets around yeah. in business. So for us we never did that. We yeah. always over delivered. You know, I'd say probably over eighty, if not more, percent of our clients have been clients for over fifteen years. It's wow. unheard of in the telecommunications industry, right? It's amazing because we just do it right. Yeah. We understand their business and they don't want to go away. Why would yeah. they go away? You know, when it's everything giving perfect. them premium service. Yeah, yeah and they yeah. love it. You know, the service is there. Um, and I think it's, that's what's important. Um, but it's not. But it's not a. It's not a simple task, and I think it can be very daunting, especially at the start when you're small. But just go there and showcase what you can do. Yeah. And in order to do that, you just got to be the best at what you do, and you got to understand it quite well. Okay. Now, what in your interviews you've often spoken about uh, the importance of networking and how you value that. Yeah. Now. For for some of us, like for me, I'm the worst when it comes to networking. What sort of advice or guidance you can give us for like for people to because you know I think everyone appreciates the importance of networking. Some can't do it. I just yeah. can't. Like for me, I I, I don't even know. I feel maybe because you overthink it, mate. Maybe. I think a lot of times you overthink it could things. Be. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Like you know, you and I networked that night. Said good day, how are you? You know, mate. It's networking is just. I feel a lot of people are afraid to ask as well. Yeah. I feel when you meet someone. I think you shouldn't think about it as networking. You should just think about it as one of your friends. You're just saying hello to, you're communicating, meeting people. Are you going to show up to different events? Yeah. You know, I used to go to every single event. I don't do it anymore, and yeah. I should I should really get back to it. But I used to rock up to all the events. I used to say hello to the person next to me. Yeah. I used to start conversations while I was having coffee between the breaks with someone, yeah. you know, to the, the events I went to. And it's just about introducing yourself. And I think we find it like, I think a lot of things that is, we find difficulties, um, and I struggle with this too, is failure. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, well, oh, like I don't want to look silly by saying hello to someone. Oh, maybe they don't want to speak to me. And that's not the case. People are quite nice. You know, All you have to do is just introduce yourself. I say, hi, I'm Sam. And start a conversation like, you know, how's your day? What's the weather like? And just start a conversation. Everything else falls into place, you know? And and there's no, there's no secret to other than that. But I think a lot of us are afraid yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, a lot of us get shy. I used to be like, I used to get shy, I used to get afraid. I used to, like, even before I went to an event, I used to get really, really nervous before I went to it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. It's hard to believe that. Yeah, no, but yeah. I used to, man. I used to I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I used to think of every, every excuse I can think of not to go. Yeah. Um, but then when I rock up, I'm like, oh, this is not bad, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's very important to do that. Just rock up, say hello, introduce yourself, and don't be afraid to ask because, you know, what's the worst thing? They just say no, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay, who cares? No. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. But, but I think we overthink it, and I think we think that oh, we don't want to hear that no, or oh, they might not say hello to us and turn their back to us. 
But, mate, people that apply to have manners don't do that. You know? yeah. <laughs> this is like us. There's no difference between them. So True, true. Now, you're obviously leading a, a big organization as well, right? So, in, from your experience, what do you think are some of the mistakes leaders often make and some of the things leaders get it right? Just from your observation with your networking yeah. or with your peers and industry and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Look, I think uh, your team is the most important thing that you have. I think you've got you to remember that without your team, you wouldn't be here. Um I have staff that have been with me for over 10 years now, probably five or six of them. Um, and they're, they're the backbone of your business. I think you've got to always show up to work, you know, or say hello to your staff. Be involved not only in work, but also their personal life, you know, know, you know what's happening with them in their personal life because everyone's going through something, something in their life, yeah. you know, and you've got to be aware of that. You know, someone might not be performing that well for the last couple of months. And if you don't know what's going on, then you're too quick to judge. So I think it's very important to rock up and understand the, not only work-wise, but also family-wise. Um, and I think at the same time, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay on top of things too. I think it's always nice to be kind and everything as well, but work is work at the True. end of the day, you know? You're there to perform. Yeah. And if, if your staff are not performing or you're not performing, you're letting the team down. Yeah. And, and you can't allow that to happen. Yeah. But I think in life and everything, there's a way to go about things. Um, there's a nice way to go about things. Yeah. And I think that's very important how you deliver your message. Um, I think, you know, they say, oh, you have to be absolutely ruthless in business to be successful. Um, perhaps you could, but it's not for me. I never, I could never do that. Yeah. For me, it's about being compassionate. and But at the same time, if, um, if something's not working out, you got to call it. You, you got to call it. Yeah. I think so, they say it's very important to take your time to hire people, but you got to yeah. be quick to fire people. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of more as time goes on, I kind of believe in that. I think you got to really take your time to get the right person, and the right person might have the right skill sets, but they have to fit the actual environment and the and the team that you have in place as well at the time. If they don't fit the environment, doesn't matter how good they are with what they do, it's just not going to work out. So I think that's quite important as well. So when you hire people, do you look for some qualities of yourself in them or you want someone completely opposite? Uh, you, you want to get people that have the skill sets that you don't yeah. so, so they can you know, help you. Help you compliment yeah, that. Yeah, compliment yeah. that. Yeah. But I think I look for in terms of people when I hire. I think honesty and, and integrity and modesty are one of the most important things yeah. in life. It sounds like they say you should sell yourself, but you can. But at the same time, um, I think it's very important to find people that are willing to learn and people that really want to be there. Yeah. I think you don't want to get people because they're for salary. Yeah. I think they really, you want to get someone that wants to grow, believes in your vision, and wants to grow with the business. Um, and once you find that, I think those are the long-term employees that are going to stay around for a long time. Yeah. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, if you're finding people that are really good at what they do, but they don't believe in the vision, and they're not really there for the right reasons, they don't last. Okay. They don't last, true. Now the what I, I'm sort of curious to um, t get your take on this. Like my dad used to always say, whether you're doing a business or you you know you're investing somewhere, there comes a point where you have to do sort of an assessment to be like, okay, this is going good, let's put in more. But there also comes a time where you have to say, okay, it's time to quit. It's time to cut your losses and go because it's not for it's no other reason. It's just not flying the way you want it to. H how do you come to, like do you? What's your sort of take on that in terms of like self-assessment versus being ambitious and and borderline delusion? I mean, I don't know if that's the right way, but no, no, you're right. You know, sort of. I think it's very something you really you can really struggle with. Yeah. I I totally agree with you that you really have to be that way. You yeah. know, 
I I wasn't that way when he came to the share market. You know, I just no, no, I'm not gonna sell. I'm gonna keep. It's gonna come back. Yeah. And then, you know, you're two million dollars down. You're like, oh shit, I should have made that call. Yeah. Like reality tells you, mate, this is not this working is out. Yeah. Okay, you lost half a million dollars. Cut your losses and leave it there. Leave it you, there. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, no, no. It's going down. It's gonna come back up. I put more money in. Yeah. And you, and you become delusional. Exactly. And yeah. you're 100 right. And then yeah. you look back. You're like. Why I could have I cut that? my loss at 500. Yeah. Now I'm $2 million down. Yeah. Why did I not do that? Um, you have to. Yeah. I think it's something that I think people struggle with it because yeah. of their ego. And the yeah, fact, absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you don't want to lose face. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to lose face. Yeah. But sometimes, even when there's no one there to look at, you don't want to lose face to yourself, perhaps, even, which is r ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a uh, uh, reel yesterday from Shaq. And he was saying he went to a car yard yeah. and he was asking how much each Rolls Royce was. And the guy said, hey, can you afford the Rolls Royce? And he turned around and he bought three of them. Yeah. And he thought that was really cool what he did. And I, and I stopped. I'm like, that's actually cool, man. Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. So he played you. You know, who the hell? And you fell for it. You yeah. fell for it. Yeah. He got a massive commission. Yeah. And now you, you think you're the man. You're not the man. Because you obviously have enough money. You can buy whatever you want. You have nothing to prove to a car salesman. Exactly. Who's just doing his job. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what happens. A lot of people fall in that trap of ego. And, you know, and they think it's a good thing. Um, and I think your ego could be the best and the worst thing in you. you know, Agree. A hundred percent. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Look, mate, like your ego... Is what pushes you to become some someone at the someone at the start because you know, it's like for me, yeah, I never felt good enough growing up as a kid. Okay, yeah. I um I struggled a lot, couldn't speak English, had the worst shoes, uh, didn't do well at school, got picked on at school when I was in high um, uh, high school at the first couple of years of high school, um, we didn't have a lot of money, everything was as worse as it could get except I had the I had the love of my parents, which yeah. is the most important. Yeah. Other than that, everything was terrible. Yeah. So I said to myself, fuck this, I'm not going to let this happen. Yeah. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to make something out of myself. I'm going to prove to everyone that I'm good enough. And that's what pushed me, right? Yeah. That's what pushed me to move forward. But then you get to a certain stage, you got to start losing that ego. Yeah. Because then how do you ask for help? How do you raise capital? How do yeah. you do this? How do you do that? Everything's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I'm going to yeah. do it on my own back. I can't ask. I can't do this. I can't do that. And that's when you start losing and go backwards. Yeah. Right? And I think, going back to what your dad said, 100% right, man. You've got to know when it's time to do certain things, you know. And you and it's know, okay to quit. It's fine. Yeah, It's absolutely, absolutely okay to quit. Yeah. It's okay to sell your business for $50 million and walk away. Yeah. It's okay to do X, Y, Z. It's okay to say, okay, you know what? Um, this strategy that we have for ourselves didn't work. So we set up a Hello, Hello uh, Broadband, yeah. uh, which we did residential uh, sales. We got up to $200,000 a month revenue within probably four months. And then we looked at numbers. It was losing 30, 40K a month because um, the residential market is terrible and people weren't paying their bills. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? Okay, we gave it a go. It worked. It didn't work. Let's yeah. just cut cut our losses and shut it down. And we yeah. shut it down, right? Yeah. Because if we kept doing that, it would have kept growing. The, uh, the revenue would have gone up to a million bucks. The losses would have kept going up to a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so you would have had this part of your business that's doing well. Yeah. And you had this part of your business that was taking everything away. Why? Because, you, you know, you didn't want to lose the, you know, didn't want to close that business. Yeah. So you have to, mate. I think it's a very important thing to do. And I think one of the most important things to remember is that you can't be a certain way with every aspect of your life. And what do I mean by that? Like, if you're go, go, go with business, 
you can't be go 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 with your personal life. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you know. Yeah, and I think because yeah, because I think we take everything that we are in a certain position and we transfer that to all the parts of our lives. Sometimes uh, that's so true, and we don't think about. We it. don't think we don't about think it. it. It just no. happens. Yeah, it's like mate, you yeah. know. You don't have to do that because yeah. that's how you fail in your personal life. Yeah, I've seen so many young entrepreneurs fail. Yeah, and I I went through that journey myself. I was younger too. Yeah, so you really got to be able to cross the line, you know. Yeah, well, that's fair. Now, um, I w- uh, it's interesting because you you posted something on Instagram. I'm going to come back to your Instagram because yeah. I I love I enjoy the content you put there. Oh, but thanks. I think you posted something. If I remember correctly, you said we live in a world where intelligent people are silenced so that dumb people are less offended or something to that effect. Yeah, and I thought that was fascinating and I agree with it uh, because I feel like we live in a hypersensitive world, especially now, yeah. where intelligence is undervalued or devalued, pretty much written off. Uh, and uh, you've got these extreme reactions that people get from all the sides. Like... Look, I don't want to be controversial on here, but... You no, know, no, I mean, yeah. But, just, uh, but yeah. it's 100% right, man, yeah. you know. You, you should be able to... We live in a, the most beautiful, amazing country in the world. I love this country. This is yep. my country. It's the best place in the world. Um, and one of the reasons why I love this country is because of freedom of speech and being free to be able to do what you do, what you want, you know, whenever you want. Yeah. And to be able to speak your mind. But yeah. unfortunately, more and more, not just here, around the world. Around the world, yeah. You're silenced, man. You can't yeah. speak. So, you know, you should be able to, you should never hate on anyone or anything. I yeah. totally disagree with that. Yeah. But you should be able to speak your mind. Absolutely. You know, if there's something that you don't like, you should be saying, you know, that's totally fine. I have no problems with it, but I I don't agree with yes. it. Yes, yeah. You know, but unfortunately, you can't do that anymore. You yeah. Know, you have to be silenced because if you do say something, somebody will find something that's, offensive about it yeah. for, for their own particular reason yeah you know you know and and you know for me personally seeing you know at schools now being taught that it's a you can be a cat or you can be a, this is absolutely ridiculous yeah yeah what the hell is that about yeah like, you know i don't want my kids to learn that they, they can be a cat or this or that yeah. you can't be a cat there's you, a cat you, there's a dog you're a human like outrageous you yeah. know and what's next yeah what is next it's not yeah. just that it starts from somewhere yeah and just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse yeah in life, in life, there's a Quran, there's a Bible, you know, there's Judaism, there's all these things. All these things came because of a reason. Yeah. And there's set things in these books that say this, 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 this. Okay, some of them have evolved over time, obviously, because, you know, we're not back in there. But you have to stand for something in life. If you stand for nothing in life and everything's okay, then what is next? Exactly. We're not animals. We're not, yeah. We're not animals. And... Everything's starting to be going down the path that everything's okay. Yeah. And and you either accept it or you be quiet. If you don't accept it, you know, just you're be wrong. quiet. You're be the quiet. Other, you're Do not other, talk yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. It's actually reversed. Yeah. Like, you know, how you cannot, if you say something about something, straight away you're silenced. Yeah. And I think that's wrong. But I think, you know, if you do hate on something or you talk badly, well, yes, 100%. You should yeah. never do that. Each their own. Yeah. If you don't like something that someone's doing, just keep walking. You know, no, absolutely. You, you don't have to put your two cents into it. You don't have to be best friends with them. No. Absolutely, yeah. No, and it's, but, it's not affecting your life. Just do your But at schools, to be taught it's okay to be a cat, for example, that's outrageous, ridiculous. mate. Yeah. I'm not paying school fees for my kids to go to school to be taught that it's okay to be a cat. It's not fucking okay to be a no, cat. No, it's not. It's, we, I think we all agree on that unanimously. Like, that's that's a bit 
that's that's crazy. <laughs> and let's say example of other things that they teach. No, at no, I know, days, I know what know? you mean. But I think, but that's an important point. I think in in a democratic country like us, dissent is important. And I think what we've lost is is being humble and kind. Yeah. And I think it's good that you reinforce being humble and kind to be constantly better. because I think I I know people who've got like. Uh, six packs or 10,000 followers and they act like they are God's gift to mankind and I'm like oh, <laughs> calm down <laughs> you know I think something gets to people's heads you know um, and I think yeah you, like you said it's very good to be kind yeah yeah it's not. It's not hard. No, it's, it's not, not hard, hard at all. It's just common sense, you know. Yeah. But common sense is not common sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to ask you two things before we jump into your Instagram, and we also have a fun game. Now, yeah. the other thing which you do, which uh, you do raise a lot of char, you do a lot of charity work as well. Yeah. And I believe you, if I and and please forgive me if I don't get this wrong, you're involved with. Chooses cancer. Yeah. Yep. Can you talk about how yep. important you know yep. the work you do and how p- uh, people who want to support sure. that cause what sure. they can do? Yeah. So the CEO day for cure. Uh, why did I get into it? Because my nephew Lachlan had uh, leukemia at the age of three. Um, he's doing really well now. Touch wood. Um, yep. uh, so for me, that was something that was personal. I I I went through that experience watching him grow. Um, so CEO day to cure is basically the raise funds to be able to assist children that are going through cancer through research and find what uh, what medici- medic- medications suit them the best and how to re- um, how to actually help them through their journey so I've been I've been involved in that for the last three years so every year we raise funds I raise funds through my Instagram I think last year we did sixty thousand dollars the year before we did 50 and the year before that we did around the same amount and then I do a night at the business table where we get people together yeah. and all the profits from that go to that um, cause and it's something that's really close to my heart. So and this year again, um, towards the end of the year, we'll probably do a night at the business table, bring everyone together again, which is a great event. Everyone gets to network, everyone yep. gets to meet. We have a, there has to be dinner because we yeah. have to always eat. Otherwise, <laughs> yes. forget about yes, it. Of course. So, uh, we grab a nice meal and then I'll bring some entrepreneurs from my own country that talk about their journey. And, uh, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, how they've achieved, what they've achieved and yeah. why they are there. And everybody connects us. That's what I do. With, I'm definitely uh, coming to the next one. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing you there. And I'll be, I'll definitely be there. And no, thank you for doing that because I lost my mom to cancer. She was 36. So yeah, this is, uh, you know, any that. support that uh, anyone does for cancer is absolutely remarkable. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, thank, thank you for that. Um, and what? Because I, you, you've been asked these questions hundreds of thousands of yeah. times in all the interviews that you've done. What advice would you give to someone who's doing a startup, yeah. or, or you know, who wants to invest? But I yeah. just want to change the question and yeah. ask: What is the one mistake you don't want them to do when yeah, they're doing? Very good question, man. Um, there's a lot of things. Number one is um, number one is go slow. Just take your time yeah. and reduce the risk. I think people come with an idea and they get super excited and they um, and they see others maybe take off straight away and they think that their idea will take off straight away as well so they go all in. Yeah. I think you got to really take your time, reduce the risk. Reducing the risk is the most important thing as much as you can when you're yeah. starting up. Um, and I think also just you know um, don't get caught up with what others have to say. You know, people care too much about other people's opinion. Yeah. Just fucking do you. Yeah. You know, if you were to listen to everybody, everybody has a say. Yeah. But they're not you. Yeah. And everybody like always listens. Oh my God, so and so said that I should not do it because it's not a great idea. What's what has so and so know? Yeah. So and so said that I should not do this. I should do that. Just stay in your own lane. Stay in your own lane. Do your own thing, and then get don't caught get caught up with what everybody else has to say. Yeah. And just focus on yourself, and yeah. don't get you know caught up in that. 
Eyes on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, eyes on the ball. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now, we're going to play a bit of a fun game. Yep. All right. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Yep. And you can say yes or no or choose one of them. Yeah. And it has to be fast, furious questions. We call it the furious 10. Okay. Is that let's right? Do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, if you were to invite three dinner party guests, dead or alive, whom would they be? Mm, good question. Definitely Al Pacino, because I absolutely love that guy. Yeah. I love all his movies. Um, Do you have a favorite Pacino movie? I love Carlito's Way. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Charlie. Um, I will invite one of the old presidents, US presidents, probably... Um, Actually, wouldn't mind getting to know um, uh, Obama a little bit more. I think there's a lot more to him. Yeah. And then I'll probably have my grandfather there because I never got to meet him. Oh, that's wonderful. It'll be nice to you know to have some time with him because I never really got to meet my grandfather. So yeah, it'll be nice to know. That would be one hell of a dinner, dinner. <laughs> but I guess I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now. You've been invited for a dinner date with the following two personalities, and you can only choose one: yeah. Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Uh, Beyonce anytime. anytime. I'm not a, I'm, yeah, I'm going to Taylor Swift. I actually ended up getting some tickets yesterday for my kids, which yeah. which blew them away. So they're super happy. But yeah, I'll pick Beyonce any day. Fair enough. Those those tickets are really really hard to get. So, yeah, hard yeah, to get. I don't have fluked it. Yeah, <laughs> I was very blessed. Yeah. Now, from your current car collection, yeah. if you had to do, trade one car for uh, any other car in the world, which one would that be? You have to give up one car. Give one up. Yeah, and get any other one. Um, to be honest with you, I love all my cars, but they're just a metal. <laughs> I'm not really attached to them, so I could give up any other one. It wouldn't bother really? me. Yeah, mate. Look, even I, the one that limited edition, the bit two fifty. Yeah, don't care. I, I, um, I love cars. I love nice things, and I think it's very important for people to get this. Yeah. But I'm not attached to them. Okay. I could lose anything tomorrow, except God for me, my family and my close friends. Yeah. The rest I don't care about. Uh, but the least liked, probably. Could, uh, you know, yeah, at least, least liked. liked yeah. Um, probably the pistol spider. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. It's a very nice to look at. It's limited edition, but it's not a proper V12. You know, I love the sound of a naturally aspirated V12, whereas my other cars mostly are naturally aspirated V12s. And I think it goes back to being old school. A proper Ferrari should be a V12. Yeah. A proper Lamborghini <laughs> should be a V12. And more and more, they they went from a V8 to a V6. Now they're going to electric. I don't know what's next. So right, probably, totally, yeah. yeah, probably the V8. We're just walking everywhere soon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good for our health. <laughs> <laughs> and which one would you, uh, which car would you uh, get? I would love to get a Bugatti. I've never had a Bugatti. I've yeah. never actually sat in one. So I'll definitely, you know, something that I would really love to have at some stage. Now you said at least like, do you have a, a car currently in your possession that you like the most i love my rolls royce the most royce. Yeah. yeah i drive it every day you know like today it's a beautiful day in melbourne sunny day and i thought oh yeah i'll get one of the sports cars but i'm like oh, fuck, i can't be bothered my back's gonna hurt i'm gonna scratch the rims i don't know where i'm going i don't know how tight the streets are yeah straight away that's the go to go, uh, to go car because it's just comfortable man it's right just right. nice to drive awesome what's your favorite holiday destination i love turkey yeah. You know, I haven't been there for a long, long time. Um, probably 
20 years since I've been there, but I'd love to go back there. But something that I'll go regularly is Italy. I go to Italy every year, and I go to Europe every year, and I absolutely love Europe. It's just beautiful. Okay. Now, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos? Pick one. Uh, Jeff, probably by miles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your favorite luxury ba- brand? I love, I love, um, there's a couple, but I definitely love Dior and Dolce Gabbana. Okay. Oh. I love Dior too. Yeah, yeah this is different to the rest. You, by the way, I'll come back to your Instagram. Uh, so, yeah. what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self looking back now? Just don't stress out as much as you did, you know, just just go for it. Which I did go for it, but I, I think at the, I, I stressed it a little bit too much, but I would just not stress out as much. And the reason why I wouldn't stress as much is just slow down a little bit. I think, I, you know, sometimes it's okay to slow down. More and more I learned that sometimes it's okay to sleep on things. Yep. You don't have to make a decision right there and there. Okay. And if you were to write a memoir, what would your memoir be called? Oh, that's a good question. What would it be called? <laughs> Maybe slow down. Slow down. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. That's, that's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Now, do you? Uh, oh, yeah. And if there was a movie to be based on your life, yeah. which actor would you like to play your part? Well, we can't get Al Pacino because I'm not a gangster. So, and he's too old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so too old. There'll be a lot of de aging. There goes the budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know who I actually don't mind. I think he's fantastic. I like Eric Banner. Yeah, Eric Banner. Eric Banner is Australian because you got to have someone that's Australian. Right? Yeah, true. I, look at, I reckon Eric Banner would do a great job. So, <laughs> okay, that's awesome. And what would you like your legacy to be? Uh, my, I think my legacy would be about leaving something behind that helps others to achieve what they never thought they could achieve. I think it's very important to leave behind the thought of kindness and to be able to help people underprivileged people that are in my shoes at my age you know i love to help people that come to australia as refugees and i'll be able to if i can help those people to achieve their goals then i'll be a very happy man that's wonderful that's really i've been wonderful. there before i don't know what it feels like and yeah. i think there's so many you know just around here even you know the commission house is close by like man there's so many young kids stuck there that have so many dreams and they're just stuck there yeah you know and I think to be able to tap into that yeah. and maybe out of a hundred, just pick one yeah. and change your life. Yeah. Fuck that, that'd be cool. That'd you know? be cool. I think coolness is different to different people. Having nice cars and going out and partying and that, yeah, that's cool. But grabbing someone. Changing impact, changing that's, life. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That's awesome. Now, Coming to your Instagram, now, one of the coolest things about your Instagram, which I really enjoy, is that you balance it out well. So you've got these these really cool content where you're <laughs> helping people and, you know, giving them advice and, and sharing your experiences and, and, and making sure, you know, that message is spread across. But there's yeah. also cool stuff in terms of, uh, there's one where you, I think you owe a Louis Vuitton trench coat, which is in velvety blue and i was i was i was like fucking i want that but that was so awesome what's your fashion what's the what's the sauce behind that fashion persona that you have i'm not afraid to be loud when i wear things you know what's your style is probably what i'm trying to get that yeah Yeah, man like my style is like i look in the mirror if it looks good i wear you know i think you gotta also wear things that suit you yeah and um i wore that jacket i'll tell you a story about that jacket i I wore that jacket probably a year before i bought it i was I was at the Louis Vuitton store in, in Collins Street. I went to buy a few things and I saw this jacket. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is fucking cool. Yeah. I put it on. I'm like, 
wow, I really want this ticket. Like, you know, the thing's going to cost $5,000. I'm like, hey, yeah, okay, fuck, I'll buy that. And it was $42,000 or something. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like what? Forty-two grand for a robe? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I took it off and I put it back. Yeah. But I didn't stop thinking about it, man. I'm like, man, I really want that. I really want that. But I felt guilty. Yeah. I felt really guilty. Yeah. You know, um, and I every time I buy something nice, I feel very guilty. And something that I'm working on, you know. And then a year and a half later, I went to the different store and um, we we're looking at something with my wife, and then. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to show you something. And then um, the lady brings that. She goes, oh, God, I've seen this a year ago. You know, she's the last one left. And my wife just looked at me. She goes, just fucking buy it. I know yeah. you want it, you know. And I'm like, oh, no. She's like, just get it. And I'm like, okay, you know. So that's where that came from. And um, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to be loud or what I like, you know. But you're a more cool, casual style. Whatever yeah, man, like I'm wearing shorts yeah. and a tee, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. I should. I used to wear a lot of suits, but unfortunately, I put a bit of weight on, you know. I, I don't wear suits anymore. That 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 <laughs> outfit is fantastic. Oh, I, thanks, I, I looked man. at your Instagram post. I was like, "Fuck, that is awesome." <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, um, you know, um, Drake wore that actually. Um, there's a couple of clips of Drake wearing it and a couple of other people wearing it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool one, and. So with your Instagram, is do you when you create content or when you're posting something, do you like through your head go through it or whatever comes to you instantly? It comes to me at that just, moment. At that moment, immediately. Yeah, man. I, yeah. Like you know, I, I'm not an influencer. I don't make one dollar from my Instagram. I will never ever, and you can have my word on this program, and it can be on far on on thing that I will never ever make a cent from it. I will never promote anything for money. Um, I would. I'm not interested in using my infl uh, my Instagram for anything but really giving back and sharing my life with people. Yeah. So based on that, there's no planning. If I'm, it's, you know how a lot of song songs come from a, the, the artist, how they felt yeah. or memory they went through? Yeah. So everything comes from how I'm feeling at that moment. Yeah. Uh, so how I feel, I'm like, oh, this is how I'm feeling. So I grab that feeling and I'll put it out there on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, so that's where it comes from. and. It's really just to give back um, to people. And, you know, it's incredible, you know. A lot of my good friends give me a hard time about it. You know, they pick on me because they love me and they give me shit about it, you know, my posts and stuff. But um, I honestly get so many wonderful messages. Like, I get so many amazing messages from young kids saying, you know, I was having Andy, such a bad day. I think I was going to say, you give a lot of interviews to young kids as well. Yeah, man. Because yeah. why not? You know, why yeah. not? Like, you know, and I'll get so much feedback saying, you know, you made my day. I can't believe you just said that. That's how I was feeling. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, again, like, why not? It's so nice to give back, yeah. you know? Okay, I took 10 minutes of my time to put a story up, five minutes to put a post up. And, you know, when I put nice things up, it's just to show people that they, if really, they really want it, it's achievable. Yeah. Um, it's never there to show off. It's never there for any other reason. I really, you know, don't need to in my life at this stage. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's really nice to do that. And I think that's why I have my Instagram. And, you know, my dad's always like, oh, just cut this thing off. What do you need <laughs> it for? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dad, you know, as long as I'm getting messages that, that that's helping people, I'll keep doing it. And when that stops, then there's no point in doing it anymore. Though I think it's remarkable, and I enjoy everything from fashion to your cars to the the messages and the charity stuff that you do. Because you know, at the end of the day, we all also want to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, that's important because we it can't is. always not not have fun. So, so well I think, said, man. yeah, so th <laughs> yeah. That, that's awesome. Now, um, two questions we yep. ask at the end of the podcast to yep. each of our guests is that: What's the one thing you love about living in Melbourne? 
Man, I love everything about Melbourne. <laughs> I love the food culture. Yeah. Like, if you know me well, you know that I'm out, eat, out, out eating probably two, three times a week. That's, a, you know, my wife's the best cook. But I still go out a lot with the family and stuff and friends. Um, so I love the food culture. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I love yeah. Flinders Lane. There's so many beautiful restaurants down yeah. Flinders Lane. There's so many amazing restaurants down Burke Street. So food is very important to me. And I think that's really what represents Melbourne as well as fashion and good people. People in Melbourne are much more approachable than people in a lot of other cities. A hundred percent. That's why I live in the CBD because I love living in the city. Yeah, see, it's just, it's how just, good is it, man? It's the best thing. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, and what's your anthem song? <laughs> you know what I love? I mean, this is probably a lot of people think, what the fuck? I love the song Man Down Under. Hey, you know that song, Man I Down Under? Uh, ah, you got to listen to okay, it, It's, listen it's to a, it a Aussie yeah. song. Yeah. It's called Man Down Under. Under. Okay. It's a pretty good song. Okay. It's a very Aussie song. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's a song that they would play if a boxing cha- Aussie boxing champion was coming to the ring. Oh, awesome. All right. <laughs> so cool. let's give it, give it a listen. You'll like it. <laughs> All right. We'll do that. Well, we're at the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this, Sam. I appreciate it. And if I may say so, if you'd allow me, I think... Congratulations on everything you've achieved. And, um, you know, it's as someone who's also migrated in this country uh, to look at the work that you do and all that you've achieved, we all take a bit of pride in, in you. And, and I'm not saying this because you're here and because it's that I've never said this. So people on the pod would know that I've never said this before. But I think we, as a city and as people, it's important to appreciate and acknowledge success from Melburnians because at the end of the day, we all get inspired. We all get inspired and the hope and inspiration is the only thing that keeps us going, I think. So thank you for, and I wish you all the best and I hope that you continue to hope and inspire generations to come. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for having me here today. And thank you for, you know, getting to know each other. And I think, you know, I look forward to our friendship for a long term. And, um, you know, without people like yourself and me and many other people that are migrating to this country, this country wouldn't be what it is. I agree. <laughs> On that happy note, we're going to end the podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. This podcast has been recorded from Image Online Studio in Abbotsford. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Melbourne.